0: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Listen up. Yeah. I can see you're new to this. You ain't got no job. You ain't got no experience. You're entry level. You ain't got no qualifications, baby. You're entry level. Level. Your entry level, baby. Oh yeah. Entry level.
1: Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. We are currently uh Maroon did a cabin. She's here. She's my girlfriend, Summer Sekula. Hello. We are we are in Lake Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it got six feet of snow over the last 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been able to leave this cabin since Friday. It's Sunday, which isn't that bad. But we're looking at a possible Thursday. We might have be here in here till.
0: I mean, we left a little bit. We we dug about five feet out from the, the door, so we have a little like pen that we're uh,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll go outside and just kind of walk around. Do we, laps. Yeah, we don't. If we had snowshoes, it'd be so fun. All right, let's give people the full rundown. Um. Los Angeles had the biggest storm in, what, 30 years?
0: hmm and, and they handle, we handle rain very poorly.
1: Yeah, we get bored and squirrely in the house. So, um, and we were looking to go camping somewhere. Correct. But we looked from, like, Ensenada to Big Sur, like, is there anywhere that won't be just rain the whole time? I was like, no.
0: hmm
1: And we are like, okay, let's go up into the mountains and we'll just get a little cabin.
0: Which sounds idiotic now
1: now yes there's
0: the worst storm of all time coming let's go up
1: let's go way up uh and like you know tucked in deep Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. and um so we came up here had to put snow chains on the tires had you you know great you did a great job. yeah had to had to dig out to get the car in the driveway Mm -hmm. um had a nice evening
0: first son of trouble yeah
1: yeah and and then um and then we've been here now, This we're going on, this is day three without leaving the cabin. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Had to like uh, dig out probably every hour or two. Oh just... yeah, every hour we'd,
1: we'd have to go undig the car because it was mm-hmm. snowing so big. So we kept like a little ring around the sube and that you could walk around and just like kind of cl- keeping the driveway clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the road is the main problem because it's got about four feet of snow on it. At least yeah
0: and and somebody i i was uh texting with somebody and they're like well you know if you run out of supplies go ask one of the neighbors
1: there are no neighbors there's like two neighbors but
0: they're they're like halfway up the street and it's you know four feet five feet of snow to get up there so that's not happening
1: yeah we're we are like we we can see like we're like two miles from a grocery store so like we're not gonna die. It's gonna be no, fine. No.
0: We did count out the food this morning.
1: We did ration out till Thursday. That is true. <laughs> How
0: many meals do we have? <laughs>
1: Which,
0: you know, we're we're fine. I can't. I mean, it makes you think, though. So.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is. We're, we're just like keep looking at each other, and being like, we're fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. What? Are, why did we do this? Yeah. This is a this an unforced error.
0: Uh. Yeah, I don't think we do well with, like, boredom or monotony, though. Right, no. So, so I think it was like, let's go where the story is, which is not necessarily, like, a good character quality, mm-hmm. but... Um,
1: and you might be like... Oh, but go ahead, Sam. That's all. Yeah, you might be like, well, Brooks, did you get a lot of writing done? Did you get a lot of reading done? I watched maybe 20 episodes of <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I've got... I, I dig... I, I like... It's so just like rat presses a button gets a treat like I go go outside I shovel it's awful out it's blizzarding and then I come inside and I'm just wet and I'm just like I just did some work instead of doing real now my job I'm gonna watch a Seinfeld and then I watch a Seinfeld and I'm like oh god I gotta go back out there and, and shovel the snow so then I earn another treat which is another Seinfeld
0: I mean, I've been doing homework and work behind you,
1: yeah, so, I know well, know. I sit here and laugh at Seinfeld <laughs> uh no it's but it's it's been crazy, yeah I've never seen this much snow, I've also never been like um legitimately concerned. I'm not concerned though because like I can see I can see stores. I just have to like hop that fence, get down to a road. You can't see stores. I could see the lake and Lake Arrowhead, and I know I know how to get to stores. I'm not concerned. I am gonna miss um, a a pretty big audition on Tuesday. You don't love that? The first in person audition in three years. Um, <laughs> Cause I was like, well, the rain is boring. Yeah. And you're missing a a pr- production like a full a shoot. Shoot that
0: I was. Yeah. So
1: we're, you know, it's not like we're getting off scot-free. We're being bad at our jobs here.
0: Oh, I don't... I don't love this turn.
1: What do you mean? Uh, I'm just saying if you're like people are like, oh, it sounds great. I'm like, yeah, no, it is great. But like this is like r- one of those rare times where I need to be in L.A.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I don't think like this wasn't this was not the plan. No. I, I don't think that we could have <laughs> anticipated that it would have been like because we're not like up in the mountains. We're like in town. So I don't think that um, either of us guessed that the roads would be closed for this long. I
1: have overestimated myself. Every time I've ever done something like this while also underestimating nature, mm-hmm. every time I'm like, that won't be a thing. And no, then I do it fine. and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Like right. just like climbing up to like uh, Vernal Falls in Yosemite without water in the summer. I'm like, yeah, if there's uh, there's like people with babies doing it. And I'm like, you're dying." I'm like. It's way harder than you think. Yeah. Um, so we're stuck here. Um, do
0: you want to go through the list of movies that we either watched or yes, tried to do watch? Yes, let's do it.
1: Here's how know. bored we got. We we watched all of Babylon. All of it. Yeah. Not just like a half hour and then we're like, well, this is it's unsustainable, which is what you should do with that movie. Yeah. Um, and then we watched, you know, two and a half more hours of that unsustainable pace of a movie.
0: Yeah. The only way you're going to get through it is if you're locked in a room. Yes, which we are. Yeah, yeah
1: that's the only way. But it took us a while to get to Babylon.
0: Uh-huh. Watched Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. You had never seen it?
1: Never seen it. Incredible. Yep. Loved it. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we watched, what, did, what else did we watch? We watched something before that.
0: We tried to watch Showgirls. We, we got through oh about 10 minutes of that. And God. I was like, this is pretty aggressive. And
1: that was Summer's idea. Yeah, I was like, let's watch The Man in the Iron Mask. And Summer's like, well, I want to watch Showgirls. We put on Showgirls, and it is violent and just so aggressive. Yeah. And it's like just bananas. It's way crazier than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Man in the Iron Mask, also pretty boring.
1: Well, that says you, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we skipped that one. What we did like was Chaplin. That's also yeah. how bored we are. We yeah. watched the movie Chaplin.
0: Yeah. Uh, married an 18-year-old when he was 54. Married
1: an 18-year-old many times.
0: Yeah. The last one was 18. And
1: married, then he died. Married an uh, 18-year-old five times.
0: Maybe that's DiCaprio's model.
1: Hmm. I there we go. Oh. Someone with control. a hot take. Yeah. A, Lair- a Lake had hot take. The classics. Um, then we also watched... Uh, the producers, which I wanted to turn off. Right. Because at first I was like, this is annoying. I don't like producers. Um, you know, this is like New York mumbo jumbo. My like hillbilly brain was like, oh, you know, they think they're better than me. Mm-hmm. And then. You
0: just got to just got to like our, our like. Oh,
1: uh, OCD brains like, or whatever.
0: No, ADD. Oh, OK. Are, <laughs> maybe both. Yeah. Uh, Like we just don't have the attention span to like. Let these slow burns happen. So it was like we there was so much buildup. It's an old movie, and I was like, "There's gonna be a payoff." It's Mel Brooks, like there's gonna be a payoff. Yeah, but I
1: have never seen a Mel Brooks movie I liked. Like I don't That's think not true. I don't think they're funny.
0: You said you love Blazing Saddles.
1: Ah, and there we, there, you got me. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, that one does. That doesn't count to me. Uh, um, you're wrong. But I'll tell you what, this guy shows up. Dick Sean, who plays Hitler in springtime for Hitler in this movie, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but I think we're past the spoiling part. He's the greatest comedic actor Summer and I have ever seen. Yep. Like, he was, like, the funniest dude of all time. He's this dude. He's also the guy in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World who keeps yelling, like, I'm coming for you, Mama. And yeah. then we go, we look up his old stand-up. Yeah. And it is, like, some of... I'll put a link in this episode. It's the best late-night set I've ever seen it in my whole fucking life. It's from 1954. They go on this uh, Dick Sean deep dive. Right. Everyone's like, Andy Kaufman stole Dick Sean. And then everyone's like, Robin Williams stole Dick Sean.
0: Yeah, it's in, it's insane to for either of us to have n- not known this name. Like, yeah, I don't and know I like, why he's not, like, more famous, more beloved. Maybe he is, and we're just...
1: No, but I read, like, these old comedy fucking books when i was getting into comedy i love comedy i'm obsessed with it it's just i think dick sean died in uh 1987 1987. yeah uh but like you watch me like he is doing robin williams they're like no he's 20 years before robin williams fucking started yeah so robin was doing him it was great brilliant bottom line producers was awesome i liked it um which goes heavily against my no movies exist before billy madison (laughs) and well, uh that,
0: and that led us into Chaplin. we're like okay let's like let's uh kind of take a look at the con- like the classics of comedy in in eras that are like you know beyond your accepted range so that's kind <laughs> of been a fun uh, right like you know
1: and then do you want to tell them our score on connect four i don't oh it's got to be like nine to zero 20
0: to one you that, have not won not one me. you have not won one You've
1: tied one. Uh, Yeah, and it has double dragon, but in this, this cabin's very fun. It's got double dragon in it, but double dragon, here's what you need in an arcade game. Um, You you need stakes. It's got a limited quarters. I don't care if I die. I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking too many chances. Mm -hmm. uh, My heart's not in it. (laughs) Summer has not even touched the arcade machine. Jerk um but uh
0: pool we played ticket to ride yeah yeah, you learned ticket to ride (laughs) and now
1: we're rationing out um steaks that my (laughs) grandparents (laughs) And
0: had to dig out the barbecue uh we did i don't know what i think uh is there any like comedy classics you have
1: that i want to see
0: yeah and the next however many days we're stuck here
1: i don't know also we got an email from the people who are renting it from And they're like, hey, do you need more time? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to even respond to this email.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like owned by like a bank. Yeah, I'm like, if somebody
1: shows up to clean this, incredible. (laughs) I will follow them out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Get me out (laughs) of here. Help me out
1: of here. Yeah, we're squatters now. We're literally squatting in a house. I'm not paying anymore for this. (laughs) We're squatters. We have squatters rights. This is ours now. That's my double dragon arcade. Uh, Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a weekend. Mm-hmm. And there's no sign it's got to stop. But I do need to stop watching Seinfeld and start doing something else.
0: Yeah. I, uh, maybe we'll, like, dip back into Andy Kaufman. I know I know, plenty about him. I kind of like this whole, like, uh, people we don't know anything about. But yeah. that's, that's been fun. Anyway. Well, yeah.
1: well, the one person we do know about that Summer is excited is on this week's episode. Uh, this week's episode is Josh Onstop he's the best yes he's uh our friend um we me summer josh and his girlfriend slash partner paloma all went to las vegas together we talk about it in this and josh is a great musician yeah and he's just like the sweetest coolest dude in the world who has a great band and like a great new project that um he's gonna that he's gonna release some music with that we talk about that's awesome yeah so
0: i'm excited to hear about it you guys are Two peas in a pod. Yeah, uh, he
1: brought over um, a bottle of wine and you, by the end of the interview, you're like, oh, I think they drank the bottle. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm like, oh, man, you're the best. And he's like, you're the best, man. Yeah. So it's very fun. Josh is great. Um, Summer and I might be redoing this whole experience in Montana, uh, March 16th, uh, yeah, 16th and 17th um in bozeman at last chance comedy we're going up to bozeman we're getting a cabin again maybe a hotel we don't know this time we're not sure yet uh we're gonna do some comedy in montana and then after that a lot more shows coming up in um dallas houston uh Via, illinois um and uh oh dayton mm-hmm. and columbus ohio plus des moines i don't know go to our website check it out Stanford fun summer uh you think you're gonna make it seems likely okay yeah me too I feel like we'll both make it so that's pretty exciting that this isn't our like this this is the part of the movie that th- this is the beginning not that we deserve a movie based off of how you and I just watched you did homework and I watched Seinfeld right because um, if anybody doesn't know summer is still in high school she is 18 I'm just like Charlie Chaplin um, uh, this is the part of the movie that'll open on of us being like, oh, we're going to make it. It's fine.
0: It's going to be great.
1: Eight days later. Right. <laughs> cut to.
0: We did. Yeah. It has been fun uh, counting out the food and like kind of guessing like who might turn like who might like, you know.
1: Did you have an egg? Yeah. I know how many eggs are in there. Like I, I, there's five in there. This
0: is a little low. Yeah. This cheese is looking a little light.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I did light cheese for yeah. our, our breakfast burritos this morning. Uh, we're we're basically in naked and afraid, but like with TV and food and our dogs and heat and heat
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, double dragon.
0: Yeah, exactly and we're
1: still I'm still like it's only been it's been two and a half days, but it's you know we can do. I'm part of me is like you know if the if the roads don't open I'm gonna like walk to the bar later. <laughs> <laughs> which is like five miles away. It's
0: not the first time you've said that today. Alex. I know,
1: I know I said, oh I wonder I wonder if dogwood is open. You're like, no,
0: there's like I like how you said you could just walk down to the lake. There's like five foot fences that are under snow right now that you can't see. Like there's a, there's a lot to contend with, but you know,
1: yeah, but like if I'm starving, I'll like get, I'll do it.
0: Starving is the same as getting a beer at dogwood.
1: I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, Um, cut two in the movie, two hours later, me at Dogwood, (laughs) and then eight days later, me dead here, like (laughs) totally able to get out, absolutely able to get out. And you're like, I'm leaving now. Well,
0: I think it's our little, our little like four foot pen in front of the house is getting a little old is really, (laughs) you know, there's only so many spins you can do around. Even the dogs are like.
1: Come on! Yeah, yeah. I'll take a photo. I'll put it on the uh, entry level Instagram. Check it out. Um, enjoy this interview with Josh. Oh, oh shit! I, I just remembered I got to do something. I'm gonna play um, on the outro. I'm gonna play uh, one of the songs from Other Lives. So that's Ooh, pretty fun. fun. Yeah. And I have no excuse not to rip it off YouTube. And I've got no excuse not to do it. I'm not doing anything. So enjoy this interview with Josh and then enjoy one of my favorite songs from his band at the end of this. Summer, I love you. You're the best. All right. Um, all right. I love you too. Okay, there we go. <laughs> hey, I don't know if we're going to make it or not now. Um, okay, guys, have uh, enjoy this interview with Josh and have a great freaking week. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with my uh friend um who whose music I love. Josh Onstott. Hello. Um Josh, you're the you're the man. Uh you're in the band Other Lives, which uh I listen to often. And then you have a new project coming out. Um what's it called? Kali Hobbs. Kali Hobbs.
2: Yeah, it's kinda like the Well, we both are I guess. Is Iowa considered the Midwest?
1: Iowa, I think, in my brain, is the only Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: so arguably is Oklahoma the Midwest. That's the question. Right. To me,
1: you guys are the the, like Southwest.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to do a country record. So Collie Hobbs is sort of a country rendition of my is songwriting, what's been in my head, you know?
1: Yeah, and I've heard some of it and it's super fun. Uh someone <laughs> I listen to it, like you send us demos and it's so fun. Um, but we we're like what's cool about you, Josh, is we are like so rarely do you find like new friends like in different industries as an adult. Yeah. And you're like one of my new like best
2: friends. I know, man. I know. It- well, I knew the second I met you because Uh, we kind of have that and you mentioned this we have this kind of midwestern disposition it's kind of like this insecurity thing (laughs) well yeah
1: (laughs) i think but we we also like wine which you brought over some wine um but i think I i think the first time we met i was reading killers of the summer moon killers of the flower moon killers of the flower moon yeah at this bar that you uh work at sometimes um Covell. yeah which is like the coolest natural wine bar in los angeles it rocks like there's not a wine list you just go and you're like what are you into and then they let you try a bunch yeah yeah and um it's super expensive unless josh is working there <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it is uh it's one of those places man there aren't that many like it no and it's cool i'm so lucky to have that as a Side hustle, but, Sure, guess, but like, know, so I'm uh, sitting
1: there, I'm reading Killers of the Flower Movie, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, "Yeah, I'll do My Impression of You, which is uh like a southern Will Forte. Oh, that's like exactly where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Osage like, County. Yeah, there's a map on it, and I yeah. was like, pulled the map out, and like, this is how we meet, and yeah. we're both, you're like, yeah, I'm like right there, my dad like drills oil over there.
2: Yeah, so like, we're oh. from Payne County, but Osage County is where my brother-in-law bought a big farm and they started filming that movie. And I was like, John, this is like right close to your land, you know? And he was like, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a new
1: Scorsese movie that's coming out that I saw. The runtime is like three hours and 40 minutes. Are they going to keep all that?
2: I hope so. I think everybody's like, yeah, they should keep all of it.'
1: Right. I mean, yeah. at, at a certain point, you know, like... We have learned, like I think, every movie we've ever like truly loved, they were like, "It's too long." Like The Godfather, they're like, yeah. "It's too long." I'm like, "Is it Titanic?" Oh, it's way too long. Was it? It's fine.
2: I think we need to do more indulging to <laughs> <darn> it, myself. <laughs> like I think we need to do double records and triple records, right? Because I guess that's the whole thing now, right? Yeah, Content. it's like, but it's all perfect.
1: Um, yeah, it but, is all perfect. Okay, so either way, we became friends like pretty quickly because I lived right next there, right next to there, and um, yeah. we were just butts like right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've gone to Las Vegas together. Yeah, uh, we went and saw Shania Twain. Yes. You saw me uh, make seven hundred dollars, <laughs> then cry. Uh, With I was so drunk, I cried. Uh, describing my friend that summer after that is when I started going to therapy. Summer's like, you can't cry in front of our new friends.
2: But but we were like, my my girlfriend, Plum, and I were like, that was great. (laughs) Because everyone, you know, we're in therapy. We're like, wow, straight into vulnerability.
1: (laughs) Well, I was, yeah, I was just sometimes like, I'll miss my friend Kevin Barnett. And it'll just, like, hit me. And then after, when we got home, someone was like, so, therapy? And I was like, you know what? Yep. I cried in front of Josh Ploma. I'll go to therapy.
2: That was great. Uh, it I, was in Italy,
1: Italy. Yeah. At the MGM or something. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. It was so fun.
2: I haven't even thought about it since you you mentioned it.
1: No, I know, because I've gone to therapy and i fixed myself. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but we did all that. It's been so fun. But, like, Josh, explain, like, because you were in, you are in, like, way successful band that I do enjoy listening to. Um, How did, where the heck
2: are you from? How did it all start? Okay, so I'm from uh, Cushing, Oklahoma, which is like the oil pipeline crossroads of the world. So they determine the gas price there every day. So my dad was a petroleum engineer. He raised me. Um, I just kind of, I came up in a very small town, And uh, how big Cushing's like population 7,500 close to there. Okay. That's,
1: I mean, when you're in LA and you've like, cause Manchester where I'm from is 5,000. Oh, cause it's smaller. Yeah. But it's just like, like, like when you meet
2: a guy out here, you're
1: you're like, oh, we're yeah. Okay. We get it.
2: Yeah. You kind of get it right off the bat. And, and I mean, I mean, there's a huge prison in Cushing which I was kind of like, do they count those people? <laughs> <laughs> they do. So that, that's part of it. So we might have closer to life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever. But but um. anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so I came up there. I went to Oklahoma State. I, I knew that I could write songs like at an early age because I listened to a ton of music and my dad was very into music and vinyl and all that.
1: That's super cool. Let's go back for a second before you go to Oklahoma yeah. State. Just yeah. like what the fuck is cushing <laughs> like, and you know, in the nineties when you're growing up, you know, riding bikes around. Yeah, throwing so rocks.
2: it's a it's a really small town. You feel really safe there. There's no crime. Like mm-hmm. everything's you know Friday night lights. I played sports, all that. Yeah, you were super into baseball, baseball and football. Yeah, and and it was like, uh, you know there was a lot of pressure for that. There's, I think a lot of Midwestern towns, small
1: towns. Yeah. Like, like sports are the only thing yeah. that, that truly like, I try to be good. Like I have three nephews who all yeah. like wrestle and I try, like, you know, you tried to get them to smoke with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I try, I try not to be like, you know, when one of them wins and the other two don't, I, I actively, I'm like, don't congratulate that him. Because that's just how we were raised. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. you're the best athlete. You're the best one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. Like, good job, everybody. We all tried really hard, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's that. and the, But I think we kind of came from an era where, like, tying wasn't cool. No, tying was not cool. <laughs> like, you could tie. Like, now you tie, and they're like, great job. Yeah. Coca-Cola. Back then, it was literally, like, if you lost, law- like you lost it was heartbreaking and you cried and it was not fun and we lived in a very competitive sport community and you
1: know. oklahoma and iowa i think have a lot of parallels whereas like i'm sure um a lot of people will tell you like oh i've never been to oklahoma yeah uh, a lot of people have never been to iowa yeah same. so it's like the people who are from there are like well i get it there's no reason to go but like i lived there for 22 years
2: I know, and because I live there, I'm like, there's some good stuff in there. I like root for
1: it, you know. <laughs> right, but well, you root for like Stillwater, you know, like well, like but,
2: yeah, but but I mean, like even more so, like but I appreciate Cushing. Oh, really? Yeah, see,
1: I don't really appreciate Manchester. Um, I appreciate Iowa City. See, mm-hmm. I equate like Stillwater, which is where Oklahoma State is, to like Iowa City, where it's, yeah. I'm sure, like you know, a liberal kind of island in the middle of this conservative desert.
2: Yeah, like when I went to school in Stillwater, it was like a big town. Yeah. Like I was like, whoa. And it's only population 30,000. But like
1: 28,000 of them go to school there.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 30,000 and then like 28,000. It's 58,000 when school is in session. Oh, wow. Okay, leave and it's like. But yeah, I mean, Cushing was just a safe place to grow up. I mean, now there were things that after I left, I questioned big Mm -hmm. time, like, you know, there's a railroad track and all the black people live on one side on the white people live on another mm-hmm. still to this day. And I remember going to college and being with my roommates being like, Whoa, that was kind of really messed up. Like, yeah. That's so fucked up.
1: Yeah. You have no, you don't know as a kid what's fucking bananas or no, or, or like, I mean, it, that's what sucks so bad is like, and I think important about leaving where, you know, getting a sense of the world is like, you don't know what racism is until you like leave. Cause it's like, I don't know. Manchester is a pretty racist place, but we're all, Iowa, we're all white. So it's like, what do we, you know? I don't know. It just, yeah. and then like leaving, I'm like, Oh, we were,
2: that's bad. Yeah. You feel like you're living under a rock. Yes. And then you leave and you go to a university where people are, there are foreign exchange students and, and all that. And you're just like, wow, I'm so interested in, their life and what that what are they into? And okay. then you're like, "Yeah, I'm into pistachio baklava." And I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> that's the greatest thing I've ever tasted in my life."
1: Yeah, I remember the first time I had like oysters. My mom was like, "Who made you?" Yeah, I was like, "No I'm They're incredible." Yeah. Um. Did you ever have a friend? So I have like a couple friends that like stayed in our hometown that would come visit me at college. Yeah. And those guys were wildcards. Oh my god! (laughs) A lot of them still dated high
2: schoolers. (laughs) They're like, "Yeah, but this junior." Oh no! Oh. Oh,
1: So, what were the jobs like that you could have um, in Cushing? Like, and yeah, it's gotta be limiting.
2: My dad was a petroleum engineer, so I think it was his goal. To scare the shit out of me, so you know enough to make me go to college. So it was kind of like, all right, you're 16 now. I got you this truck. We're gonna put you to work in the summer, and uh, you're gonna go to work on in an oil filled roustabout crew. What's that mean? It's like ah, like so if so if there's a let's say a tank battery or like a, an oil well that they, they hold, um, everything cool. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the oil, if it spills all over the ground, we're the guys you call to go clean it up with like diapers and dead animals. And like, you have to pick those up and then you have to, or like you, you know, it's 104 degrees outside. So I'll tell you my first day on that job. It's like, my dad was like, you're going to work for Miller brothers. And I'm like, Oh good. And it was like, how much do they pay? And he's like 16 an hour. And I'm like,
1: Whoa, that's a fuck ton If yeah. you're 16.
2: Yeah. And so I go, I drive there and then I walk into this like big, huge shed barn thing. And there are a bunch of doolies outside and I walk in and there are just these guys that just kind of look like they want to kill me because I'm just a
1: kid yeah you're and also like the boss's kid
2: yeah oh yeah like my dad got me this job yes so and i had to pair up with three adults that were you know probably 45 to 60 and learn to work like a 36 inch pipe wrench in 104 degree weather and i was the, the youngest so they made me do all shit yeah so i had to go out we would have to be there at 5 30 or 6 in the morning and it was a 25 minute drive for me to stroud oklahoma so i had to wake up early go there then join my crew i had the same crew all summer the three guys one of them was an ex-convict and he was like he had he was in trouble for robbing a bank and his or robbing a convenience store in his small town where he grew up with a bag over his head and he got caught. Legit story. And all these guys made me drive every morning because they wanted zero responsibility. They didn't want to drive. They didn't want to have a wreck. They all brought their lunch. They all, it was a summer that I learned a lot,
1: but you were saying you're going to tell me about
2: your first day. You show up. Oh yeah. This. I show up and they're like, who's got on stuff? you know? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm I'm here, you know? And so these three guys were like, oh, we'll take him." So I just get in this dually and we drive to this site and it's like a tank battery that needed some piping. It's like odd jobs in the oil field, basically. Okay. Roustabout crew. Yeah. And um, the first day was like, there's a huge tank battery. It's probably 60 feet in the air. And I'm like terrified of heights. <laughs> At this time in my life, yeah, and so scared. You're and, from Oklahoma. Yeah. Have you ever been on an airplane no. before? <laughs> yeah, I had, but well, like, I, I mean, I did, I never. But flown it was a plane. flat. Yeah. yeah, so like, I was terrified, and they handed me a 36 inch pipe wrench, which is weighs, I don't know, 40 pounds, and I had to climb up on this thing, hang off of the side of it.
1: No, no, like your l- cable. Down. No belt,
2: nothing, and just like like take these collars and tighten them up and you know if there wasn't any work to do in the field we had to heat we had to take a a blowtorch and heat up you know metal and break connections all day it was just like
1: dude so that's so that's a full summer
2: it was the full summer yeah
1: yeah and, and it was
2: it was a job, and like I was extremely allergic to poison ivy. I got poison ivy twice,
1: yo, yeah, we've talked about this, so like, we like I am like my skin is very sensitive, yeah, such a sensitive Me too, st- yeah, yeah, and it's like if you get poison ivy, it is like the last of us where it will just cover my body,
2: yeah. I have to go get a shot immediately.
1: Yes. I have to go to the doctor and be like, I have poison ivy. This is going to become a problem.
2: Yeah. And they're just like, okay, we'll give you the shot. It's yeah. like, I don't even want to mess with the Metro dose pack or the lotion or anything. Just zap just, me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I've talked about it, but one time my when I quit construction, cause it was too hard. Cause you're working with adults who don't like you. <laughs> uh, I wash cars at my dad's work, but I would do odd jobs. Yeah. And they had me, um, like, there were some weeds that were like a tree that was blocking the billboard for the car dealership he worked at. Yeah, And so they tied me with a rope around my waist to a bumper and had me go down the bluff Dubuque, Iowa is where I went to high school this is all bluffs on the Mississippi. And I'm like fucking trying to take this tree down so that people can see a billboard to buy a car. <laughs> and I get a ton of poison Ivy and it all like didn't realize it, you know? Uh, and it all like, I sweat it so much it like yeah, it became a ring around my waist. oh, it's the worst, and I didn't know i didn't I didn't know what my dad was asking me to later, but like I'm like, yo, like th- look at this, you know, and he's and like it's
2: like a hundred degrees,
1: well, no but like I just have welts all over my waist, oh. like around my body <laughs> my dad goes, do you have v d and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I, I never even heard of v d you know what I mean, like I know what like uh std is but like our dads call it vd uh it's
2: a boomer thing
1: yeah and i'm like i don't think so you know yeah. i don't know <laughs> like i don't like how old were you uh i would i would have been like a senior in high school oh okay yeah, yeah. but i'm just like i don't know
2: you know cause like, like what is that <laughs> yeah yeah what are you talking about <laughs> uh that's wild because honestly that is sc- it's scary like i had to play sport like i would have to like take off of football practice for that mm-hmm. because i couldn't sweat anymore
1: yeah Wait, what do you mean you couldn't sweat anymore
2: like with with oh it with poison spreads. ivy yeah it yeah. just spreads with sweat and heat
1: yeah i remember when i worked construction and you might have felt the same way like when you're 16 like i remember some like i would work after work after school <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing that much real work, but like, you know, everybody's like, you want to go like to the river? I'm like, oh, I wish <laughs> got a clock in. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be a boy like you guys.
2: But those construction sites, man, they're they're hardcore. I mean, yeah. clean up all that stuff. It's I mean, I
1: love cleanup. up <laughs> that I shined at cleanup. That's when I, I was like, I can clean up. I'm going to clean this fucking place. All the way up. No, if you need me to square this wall or whatever, it's like, do you need me to like take nails out anything? That I'm your guy. (laughs) So you worked there for a summer, and you're like, this is not working. I, I, like, this is you can see your future.
2: Yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm not doing this because this is where I was. I would. This is what I would be doing in in Oklahoma, and not. My dad is a. Great engineer. And, and he has history at what he's done. And that's, that's like, it's his thing. Everybody knows him for what he does. He's mm-hmm. good at that. But, but I think for me, every summer, I worked at oil field job, the next one was better, right? I, ha- I got to drive a truck and have, and I got to paint fence and like, you know, paint tank batteries. So it was a little bit more Self-managed. I felt like my own boss. Okay. I worked for this guy. But. Here,
1: here's a fun aside, because I worked in heart valves. The guy who created the first heart valve, uh, Lowell Edwards, was a um, a petroleum engineer. Oh, really? Yeah. And he worked on oil valves. And then he was like, why can't we just do this in the
2: heart? And he's a genius.
1: Literally, yes. A genius. Yeah.
2: Like to, to make that connection. Yeah. He's like,
1: let's just shrink this and put it in the body. And it was a ball in a cage valve it was the first ever valve. That's what used to be valves in oil was just a ball, you know, metal ball. Yeah. it had a, a little,
2: yeah. In I've a cage.
1: And like when you have higher pressure on one end, the ball will come out, yeah. release uh, oil. And then when you had lower pressure, the ball would suck back and create um, like a, a stop. Yeah. And so that's what the first ever heart valve was. Wow. Yeah. And that was like in 1959. It was like an oil filled engineer. I mean,
2: on, like that, that's so, that's, it's, I never I, knew that.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, the guy rocks. Yeah. You know, the, the, also the craziest story about like that is, cause I studied heart valves in college. It's like, they like implanted like 50 dogs with this.
2: That's right. Your biochemistry, right? Or biomedical what? engineering. Yeah. Oh my they, God. Im,
1: they implanted like 50 dogs and 49 of them died right away. And one dog lived for, like, another seven years. And, like, I mean, this is a story about 49 dogs dying. Yeah. But they're like, that one dog, you know, like, if that dog didn't live, you know, who knows?
2: Yeah, well, there's hope, my guess, right? Sure.
1: Okay. So you're, I don't know, that was just a little side tangent of how, like, uh, petroleum engineering also is how, why we That's have heart valves That's a really today. cool fact. Yeah. I had
2: no idea. I'm going to tell my dad.
1: Oh. He'll be I,
2: like, he'll literally be like, what?
1: Oh really? You don't think I'm, I mean? Uh, maybe like, he
2: does know. I
1: don't know. In my head, I'll be like, he'll probably be like, "Hell yeah, it's a ball valve." Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> not a ball. V- great. It's not a ball valve anymore. Now it's uh, they don't do that. Um, it's a tilting disc or uh, bioprosthetic because like a ball because when oil goes through, yeah, um, that's fine. When it hits like the cage because it's ball in a cage valve, uh, just picture like I don't know, like a, like a little three. I'm just talking to listeners like. Get three little wires with a ball in it, and it goes up and down. Like if oil goes through, that's fine. But when blood goes through it, it shears the blood and it clots it. So I see what you're saying because because blood like w- is not supposed to like hit stuff. Yeah. So you have to go on blood thinners, uh, and then like you become kind of anemic. And if like you cut yourself, you'll never stop bleeding because your blood like so. They found a different way, but it was the original Zog. Uh, they don't do ball wow. and cage anymore because it's like, also people could hear it. You would be, like, That's weird. and drive you crazy. Like what
2: That must have been like 1959. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it was like my whole college was on that. Okay, I can't believe I just took over your incredible Oklahoma story. No, 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 no. Like,
2: that that applies.
1: So Great. you're doing this. You're playing baseball. Uh, you're playing football, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta scoot. And so you go to Oklahoma State.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I played baseball and football. It was really, uh, really, um, you know, we had a great team, both both teams, like football and baseball. It was if we lost, it was a big deal, and uh, great guys. And how All
1: far Cushing is um, north or south Oklahoma? So it's northern yeah yeah
2: Payne county is probably an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes from the kansas border cool so yeah um and uh so we you know i had the same coach in both sports coach evans he was great he was kind of like my second dad during that and uh he um Anyway, so I have a lot of... I mean, I was, I was also terrified of him. Because didn't your dad play like almost pro baseball? My dad got to throw against like uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Like, yeah, he was close. He was really good, but he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Played I
1: mean, A. Triple I mean, my dad convinced us growing up that he played triple A baseball with R- Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> which... Randy Savage really did play baseball I don't yeah, know how my dad got that fact mm-hmm. I tried to write a joke about this About how like The internet has ruined Dads lying to their children Because like He he knew his name was Randy Poffo And we're like The only way you could know that Is if you played triple A baseball There's no other way
2: he could know that That's funny <laughs> Yeah Yeah I mean it's like a thing Back then I feel like I don't know. They had these AAA baseball teams that would go into small communities, and I don't know how they did it. I guess they the recruiting was better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so you're doing that, but then you realize
1: I'm going to go to college.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to college. I had some letters to play, and and then I went to uh, one um, one summer or one. I think it was summertime. We we went to Texas. And uh, to this Collin County Community College, and everybody's like, "Let's go try out for the Phillies." And I'm like, "Okay." So we go. They had this. Back, this is back when they had walk on tryouts.
1: Yeah, like for full, pros. like
2: Mark Wahlberg,
1: like that. <laughs> yeah, whatever uh, Eagles movie. Full on, full on. Oh, uh, yeah. What is that movie? In-
2: Invincible or something? Yeah, or incredible? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go down there with three guys, and they're like. You know, we're doing 40-yard dashes, hitting the ball, taking infield. And I was a pitcher, but I had pain. And I didn't really – I probably should have been throwing a lot harder, you mm-hmm. know, for my size. So, I was – at this pro tryout, I was like, I'm just going to go third base. so Because I can hit. Right. So, I was like, I'll play – I'll I'll try out for third base for the Phillies. I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not going to pitch. So because I can't throw above ninety, you know, but Mm -hmm. I could throw, but I just wasn't confident enough. Um, So I was like, all right, I'll try out for third base. Well, I was taking infield. They had all these coaches hitting with a fungo bat, those long skinny bats. Yeah. What what grade are you in? When is this? Uh, This was my senior summer. Okay. Yeah. Right before college. Yeah. And uh, And I'm just going to go straight pro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, all of us, we were a bit arrogant, you know? Of course. Yeah. We're just like, well, we were were undefeated until the championship, so (laughs) we're probably good. You know, like- (laughs)
1: we could definitely play we uh, you know we got second at state in oklahoma but therefore we're major league baseball let's go see
2: if we can impress some guys you know (laughs) so we go down there and i was taking infield and i came across and that pain in my shoulder i threw to first base and you know i'm trying extra hard sure because you're trying to make the majors. yeah yeah (laughs) so uh so I throw across a diamond and my shoulder just like, I literally fell down. Like mm-hmm. I hit the ground and I was like, okay, that's it. And then I went <laughs> to a, a doctor and they were like, well, you know, you've you've had bursitis for a long, long time and it's because your bursa sac has been deteriorated. Yeah. And I had under that in your my rotator meat. cuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so. the, bur- bursitis is like when you're, um, it's the like little film of, uh, I don't know, like, it's
2: makes your joints be able to move across each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, and And so I was like, well, okay, guess I'll start working on some tunes. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was it. And, and you know what? That's so
1: similar to me uh, that, like, once wrestling was over, um, I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to the University of Iowa, very similar to Oklahoma State. Yeah i um, not good enough to do sports here.
2: What the fuck do I do with like all of the, my extra time? And I think that was it because, you know, like coming up, like we were in sports. So we knew about, I mean, I, you can say that we knew commitment. And yeah, it's like hard work. work. We were dedicated. Yeah, very dedicated. And, you know, people can be like jux whatever. But the truth is, is like. It takes a lot of work. And yeah. we worked fucking hard to be better right. at things. So I was kind of like, well, what else do I have in my life to be better at? And yeah, I'm like bored. I was so bored without like sports.
1: Yeah. So I turned that into comedy.
2: Yeah. But, you know, we also had this like, I was feeding off of this kind of like, who was I at that time to be like, I'll write some songs? You know, like mm-hmm. I knew, I just felt like I had an understanding of music. And, structure. and how come? Uh, because I had already been writing things yeah. and I just, but you know, it kind of, I kind of didn't feel confident at that point. I was just kind of like, this is something I can develop. But you know, my family was kind of like, yeah, right. right. You know, like you're not going to do that. And, and they were never against it entirely, but they were just kind of like, that's a hobby. For sure. Did they ever get to come see you like open for Radiohead? Did they ever come to like one of those shows and like be like, what? Yeah, they did. And that was kind of a, that was a really special moment because I had these seats and uh, my parents were divorced and Mm -hmm. they never really talk all that much. And I was just uh, like, so my mom lived in Texas. My dad lived in Oklahoma. So I had this, this moment. When we played the American Airlines Center in Dallas, my parents drove in, and I just set them next to each other, oh um, wow, And I was like, all right. And I remember walking out into the crowd and like taking snacks from the green room to them because nobody knew who the hell I was, you right. know, And then I'd like took them all cookies and stuff i was like you guys comfortable and then my stepmom's on the other side which she pretty much raised me you know from when i was eight so i had like two moms and then uh and then my my sister and my niece and they were all sitting there so i took them you know my snack tray right (laughs) well
1: (laughs) let's get to how other lives like forms and and all that so you go to so you end up going to Uh, I call it Stillwater, but it's Oklahoma
2: State. Yeah, so I was there and I was, again, developing these songs and I had a couple people that I was writing and um, I was writing with this other guy I know and I knew that there was something there. I just didn't quite know how to market it or anything. So I just knew that if I worked really hard, and I just kept my nose down and I just did like collections of music, you know, then something would happen. So I went to this local music school, store called Daddy O's, which I worked there for a while. How um, was working at a music store as a musician? Is it fun or annoying? It was cool. I did set on guitars and worked on stuff mm. and, you know, um, it was cool. It was, it was the coolest job in that town. For sure,
1: yeah. the The record store in a college town is the coolest place yeah, to be. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, no, this was an instrument store. Oh, it's even cooler. Yeah. So it was like I sold guitars and bay and learned mm-hmm. about wood and kind of that kind of stuff. And I did setups and you know measured string height and action. You know, f- did fret work, all that. So I uh, I went into the store one day, and this guy is sitting there. He's got really long hair and a beard, and who's Jesse, who's songwriting partner in other lives. And I'm just like, hey, uh, like, who does this, by the way? I just walked in. and was like, you know any cello players? <laughs> I didn't even know who he was, you know? He's like, yeah, I got a cello player. I mean, he looks like a musician. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Does, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy looks like he knows a cello player. Yeah, he got, He just goes, yeah, I got a cellist. And I go, do you know um, any piano players and he goes, Yeah, I play piano. <laughs> and I go, Well, what's like when you guys need to come over? When can you come over? And he's like, today at five o'clock. <laughs> like who does that? Like this is like a
1: behind the music, like how bands like you're like, this that's supposed to help yeah, it's yeah supposed yeah. to be how they form.
2: But then I'm like, all right, so he come they come over, we do this thing. And I'm like, oh, this really made my song better, you know? And I'm like, oh, cool. And then he's like, you should come over sometime. So I go over to his house, and uh, and he's like, he's like, listen to this, what I've been doing. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe I should be helping you on some things, you know? I mean, dude, <laughs> when
1: I put on, like... like i'm totally honest like when uh you know i met you we don't know each other you know you're like you're like this guy says he's a comic whatever you know (laughs) i'm like this guy says he's a fucking musician sure um that's just you know how it is and like at los angeles like oh i do this but you don't know how legitimate the other person really is and like i was like yeah gotta check out this guy's band and it was fucking awesome (laughs) Like I'm not joking. Like I put it on. Like I think it's called Dust Bowl Number Four or, or Dust Bowl Three. Yeah, Dust Bowl Three. And I was. We like, have a
2: one, two, and three. But, but the three. The th- yeah.
1: I, either way, I was like, "This rocks!" Like it's so weird and ethereal and yeah. Like, like Thanks, man, indie rock, like primo two thousands. Like, whole. Oh. like I was like, that's who I was just talking to. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking. So, like, that's probably, you probably, like, when he's,
2: like, playing that shit, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, it was, it was actually like, this is the, this is, it was like funeral music. And I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, that's- and I was just, he just goes, I go, what have you been making, man? And then, uh and then he hadn't shown anyone. He's like, just don't tell anyone. And, like, I was just like, what the fuck did I just walk up on? <laughs> you know, like, he was like, had these beautiful, Organ part, we always talk about, we always still to this day we always fantasize about starting a band with seven organs and like having this weird thing. But he had all this beautiful, like composed stuff, and I was like, you know, we so I just kind of knew something was happening, right? And this I was is all in like, Stillwater, yeah, and I was like, I want to be a part of this. And there's this dude named Colby who was the drummer and Jenny, the cellist, and there was just three of them, so I I didn't want to intrude. I knew they had a thing going on. I had my thing going on, mm-hmm. and I just kind of sat back and I was patient. But then I, uh, then I just started hanging out. And one day, um, he was literally just like, "Hey, we need a bass player. Do you play bass?" And I was just like, "Mm-hmm. Yep." Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I remember like literally learning bass over like a Christmas break or something and learning how to read tabs. So, because he had written this three hour long instrumental <laughs> trilogy that had to be memorized on bass. And uh, I was just like, well, I'll tab everything out and I'll be able to do it, you know? So, we had this whole thing that to this day got erased because of a guy that was on blow and like in the house and like erased it. It was like an old Roland recorder where you record on a disc. It wasn't digital. And he erased the whole thing. But Jesse <laughs> and I and Jenny and Colby. Did wrote the cocaine
1: this. guy just erase their three hour like memorized thing? He did. Yeah, he
2: totally did. And does yeah. he feel bad about it? He doesn't No, And he's, <laughs> I don't know where he is now, but, right. but at the time he's, he's probably in, Cushing. It's a I don't know, probably, I don't know um, But, and then Jonathan came on and Jonathan started Playing Rhodes and then It just ended up being this band But we were, we were called Kunick initially okay. And so then One day, like so are we, you guys becoming like the Coolest band at Oklahoma State? I mean at the time we we Did like this three song Demo thing And started handing them to everybody we knew and then we started playing shows, and but, dude, all we did was play music. Like from eight, a, we would wake up in the morning and start at eight or nine a.m. Are you still going to college? Yeah, kind of. Like, uh, yeah, it was like I was skipping some class, right? I was, This took over in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: I, my friend slowly became. His band slowly became the coolest band in Iowa City. Yeah. And they were like, if Birthrights
2: is playing at a house, like you like that's the party. Yeah. So yeah. you go. So anyway, so we were playing like this coffee shop, this other place called Mike's College Bar, and then the university asked us to do this thing. And one day on MySpace, uh we What year is all this happened? Oh God, this was like two thousand seven okay yeah yeah 2007 yeah eight around in there we get this email and my friend ben elder who you guys remind me of so like the day you walked in i was like oh my god he's like my la version of ben because ben lives (laughs) in tulsa and he's like one of my best friends and, and so you reminded me so much of ben and ben was kind of our uh, manager at this time because we didn't know anybody in the industry mm-hmm. but i don't even know why we had we knew we had the potential to grow i would i like i
1: my friend was in birthrights this band that's you know not otherwise but was cool for iowa city i was their like hype guy i would always oh, nice. bring him up
2: yeah i'm like you guys, fucking ready yeah that's the best you gotta I have love. a hype guy I yeah yeah bounce. yeah because <laughs> they
1: i was the lead singer until they heard me sing My My friend Jarrett who was in the band liked how drunk I got And he always wanted an Axl Rose And he was like dude you're just like unpredictable and crazy
2: Dude I love the hype guy thing It's the best Yeah, Gotta have that Yeah, But Other Lives is not that kind of band No it's not (laughs) It's a real band I remember my girlfriends would be like Are you out sleeping with other girls And I'd be like trust me we're like the Lord of the Rings of indie
1: bands. Like, there's no none of that. Well, the Lord of the Rings of indie bands is Led Zeppelin, though. And they well, were I guess so. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not that. Right.
2: Me being arrogant again. Right. But uh, but I guess we're the. I don't Either know, way, whatever. you guys, you had your shit together. Yeah. So we were just really into the Lord of the Rings. Right. Um. But uh. So, then we get this message on MySpace that uh is like. Hey, when are you guys coming to L.A.? And then underneath it just said, Beastie Boys, Beck, all these, like this manager. And it just had all of his, the Mars Volta and all this. And my friend Ben goes, I think this might be a big one. And we were (laughs) like, okay. So I emailed him back and I was like, sir, um, we don't have a van. We're not going to be out in L.A. anytime soon, but... We're trying to get into South by Southwest in Austin, you know? And yeah. and then we didn't get accepted, and then we got... So the only way that we could get a show there was basically playing at 1 p.m. in the afternoon at a free taco spot, mm-hmm. and he came to see us, and then... He's been our manager ever since.
1: <laughs> yeah? yeah. And then had you changed
2: your uh, name yet? He forced us. He was like, <laughs> he's like Kunick is the worst name I've ever heard in my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kunick does not like Kunick isn't a bad name if you're like, you know, like an emo punk band. But yeah. you guys are,
2: uh, you know, funeral tribal band. Yeah. It's like, that's not Kunick. We had this other dude, too. I forgot to mention Eric, who was such a crazy multi-instrumentalist. But then we ended up parting ways. But he was so good. And it was, so we had this, this great group of players that were, that were just around. And, and we were just in it at this point. You know, it's all a timing thing. Yeah. You're at this point in your life where, like, you're exploring. And you're just like, you find something great. And you feel like you tapped into something. So this it's...
1: guy signs you. Then what happens? I mean, how do you end up on tour? Like, I mean, you guys have played like all of the festivals
2: and like
1: tour the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first tour we had was like, who was it? oh Delta Spirit. Oh yeah, we I loved, saw them we, s-
1: we ran into each other yeah. at Delta Spirit while yeah. our other friends did cocaine and we
2: didn't. and, yeah. that's, <laughs> and that's when I,
1: Summer was like, "We should be friends with these people." Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because yeah. we went that night, and I remember thinking, like, because I'm in another side project with one of the guys from Delta Spirit, and I was like, um, I was like, "We gotta go see him," you know. It was so Delta good.
1: Spirit Deer Tick at the Fonda. Yeah, I love both those bands. Yeah, and we were like hanging out, me, Summer, and two, uh, ch- don't need to be named, friends of ours, mine, were getting after it, and then we ran I into you. that, and- I didn't know. Well, I'm that's sure because probably. they were up in this. they were getting after it in
2: the back, and we ran into you guys because we were still watching the music. Oh, yeah, because that, and I remember like, that was a cool show.
1: It was really fun. Cool show. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We ended up hanging out upstairs. But, yeah, I mean, those guys are great. So, you went out with them? They gave us our first tour, and it was like grueling. It was like 30 shows in 30 days in the dead winter across the north. And I remember calling my parents at one point with the flu, and I couldn't sing harmonies, and I was literally like a baby. I was just crying. I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) My dad was like, shut up. Yeah. You can too. No,
1: well, so that's fun I mean, I really enjoy Delta Spirit um, And then
2: like Great band Yes, great band uh, Deer Dick too I mean, I haven't seen I've played shows with them the Last show I played with them was in like Belgium It was weird I love those guys um, Like genuinely I think mm-hmm. they're cool I
1: hung out with them And um, they're good dudes yeah. yeah, great guys Um, And their music rocks mm-hmm. It's very fun So, uh, you go on this, they'll disappear thing. Your album comes out, kind
2: of blows up, right? First record, where'd you record it? First record we recorded in LA and we couldn't get arrested on that record. It was a shit like the first record. I mean, I don't, it, it, it was, it's this weird situation where we paid a lot of money, um, the guy that produced it's my favorite drummer of all time, Joey Warnker. He drums for Beck, and, and, uh, he's phenomenal. Great guy. Um, and, but I think the idea was that, you You know, know, I, I can,
1: I can say this. I'm sure it's fine. Um, I, I love Beck. Yeah. But summer went on like two, like dates with him, like never even made out or anything. But now I'm like, fuck back <laughs> yeah well i mean i, it's think- so, I mean I, i'm so wrong yeah. but i'm just like that guy stinks he like went on dates with my girlfriend <laughs> yeah well it's easy
2: to, yeah it's like i no, it's just like, i'd be the same way
1: stupid brain i'm like yeah. no he was like like i have his album like his vinyl out there that i, I refuse to Plus, play like, if summer's
2: around but if she's gone i'm playing Beck all day like how do you go on a date with someone you've that makes up so much of your like i don't know like for me like I don't know. Like, if somebody was like, "You're going on a date with PJ Harvey," I'd be like, (laughs) "Oh my god!" Like, I can't do that. Well, I the (laughs) first
1: time I ever heard, I didn't even like Beck until he played SNL, and because I always just thought he was the loser guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I knew of Beck. You know, like termites jumping on a bam bam. Like, that's all I knew. And then when he did SNL, I was like, "Who gives a shit?" I don't give a fuck about that guy. But he was doing the Morning Phase album, and I was like, "This is the like, are there angels
2: out there?" I mean, there, there, well, I mean, and sorry about that. There's sea change, which is like, you know, Nigel Godrich produced that. Of course. There's like all these records. I had no idea. And it's just like, he has, I think he's reinvented himself. Multiple times, mm-hmm. and you know now with the pop stuff, I don't really care about it all Would that it? much. But yeah. but he's a hell of a songwriter, and he has always had a hell of a band. According to Summer, and... a, a nice a nice man. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great.
1: Um, okay. I've never met him personally. Well, Summer had lunch with him so I don't like him (laughs) I remember the chili peppers were coming through and she was like should we go and I saw Beck was opening and I was like nah nah (laughs) yeah nah I'm
2: so dumb nah Uh, okay so you you can't get arrested on your first album what do you mean by that yeah I just mean that nobody cared like it was like I think Our manager at the time was shopping it around. We, we, we signed on with red light and we ended up and not nothing. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just, I think it's easy for artists sometimes to point fingers at people. And the reality was, is that was a record that we didn't do our best on Mm -hmm. and we, we didn't have the time. So a lot of times you'll go in with a, with like a production budget. Right. And especially if it's like a studio, you only have 30 days to create something prolific. So let me let me get your point
1: of view on this, because like the first Kings of Leon record is like, to me, my favorite album I of all time. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, But like that was their vibe. Well, you, but you guys vibe is more like. Like, it's not as like you guys aren't like. We don't know. We don't care. You're like very... You're We're like, curated. It's like a studio band. No, I, I, and I don't mean curated. It's just like you You just seem like more like, no, we want this all to sound perfect. Yeah, we are. And We're very... Yeah. What I dug about that first Kings of Leon record is like, this is not perfect, and they don't
2: care. Well, and that's kind of what I love about the country stuff, is that mm-hmm. I can just like... It's like an unmade bed. Right. I can just be like, fuck this. I'll fire up my telly and put feedback on it and flip the world off. You know, there's part of me that's kind of been like, you know, you get caged in this preciousness Mm -hmm. of creation and you're like, Oh, well this is, I just, I think it's important to create an outlet to where you don't have to be that precious. I think then there are more things that are more tucked. Well,
1: I think, I mean, we're just like, I don't know, just talking and drinking wine right now. But like, I got way too precious about my, about what I put out into the world for comedy. Yeah. And like, didn't, didn't put anything out. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's never finished. It's never finished. Never finished. And just like in the last like three months, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to fucking put stuff out on Instagram. Like, I don't care. The joke, it, it was a there. Here's a joke. And I'm like, Oh, that's how I used to be. And that's how I got to where I was. Like the less precious you are is like what I kind of
2: like sometimes. Well, it's, it's you. You know, you don't, you're not, I mean, I don't think of you, when I think of you, I'm not like, well, he's so precious about everything (laughs) he talks about. You know what I mean? I would say, however you can convey, however you can show yourself, like, do it. I mean, I think that there are certain you know, mediums for expressing yourself. Like other lives will always be a, a very precious project because it was my baby and our baby. And yeah. we'll always make sure that it's polished and continue to make records until we're, you know, dead. Yeah. But but I think that there, as a as a, as a producer, songwriter, you're kind of like, I don't know, I want to make a jazz record. Yeah. Let's get weird, you know. Let's do like an acid jazz record or something. I, I've always wanted to challenge myself in those ways, and I think you know it's it's the best way to be.
1: Well, that's also what's so cool about you is like you're like you're like yeah we I have this band this you know known band, but then I do my own thing when you know because I can't imagine how hard it would be to be in a band because like I think about quitting comedy. You know what I mean, you dude? Put, I can't f- wait around. On you those put guys. five more. People who are like unsure, that is like, I'm like, it's hard enough to
2: control one guy and uh, who's doing entertainment. But you know what feels, we all have this sort of in our creation, we all have this sort of sacred spot mm-hmm. that we honor. Yeah. Um, and I have a, a sacred relationship with Jesse and John and and that where we come together to create something, then we know that we're going to do it until we come out with something great. Okay. So how does the second album, so you you said you you didn't feel great about the first album, Yeah, but the second album is the one that hit. So Tamer was kind of like, this was the funny thing. We spent all this money on the first record to have it sonically, you know, produced and I mean, killer cast like Daryl Thorpe, all you guys like they did, they did an incredible job. Like, um, but the record that ended up, you know, getting into people's homes, into their earbuds or wherever, however you listen to music, was Tamer Animals. And that was the record that was created in the front room of a house. Yeah. I mean, Kings of Leon first album. So. Yeah. And it it's, ended like, up it's who you like, were. Yeah. It ended up just being like this. There are crickets and things on it that, like, they're scars and they work. Where'd and there's you, something
1: to be said about that. Where did you record that one? Stillwater. That's it. Yeah. Dude, you know what? I was like, I was... Really into um shooting the special in uh Los Feliz at this yeah. taco stand, uh Best Fish Taco. And like I just went to Chicago and I was like, What am I doing? Like,
2: I gotta go back to the Midwest to shoot a special. Like, go to yeah. where you're from. Yeah. Do it there. I mean, Jesse just moved back to Stillwater. We're doing another record in Stillwater right now. And yeah. it's like because we went there, it's like this vortex. Like we went I went there to write with Jess and his wife, Kim. And like, we busted out like eight to 10 tunes in four days. And I was just like, Whoa. And then I left and I was just like, there's something here. Yeah. Weird. It's a weird thing. And I know that, you know, but I do a totally different thing here. So it's like, well,
1: how was, how was like, how did you get picked up onto the radio? Okay. Tour? So we because toured with, crazy. we
2: had, we had a great, uh, booking person. Um, Jackie, who, who's, you know, now still a great booking person. I don't even know if she books anymore. I think she owns part of paradigm or something. Um, which was bought out, but I don't even know. Um, anyway. Um, but, uh, we, we went on tour with Bon Iver. Oh, um, okay.
1: Oh, um, no offense. Yeah. Snooze. Yeah. I can't get through <laughs> it. And I mean, he's from very close to where I'm from. So but I you know what they were a killer live band. I, they... I think that that's, I think that that's probably what I'm missing. Seeing yeah. them live would be super fun. I'm just like, what we, Like, I like, yeah, I look, man, I love depressing music, but
2: yeah, pick it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's Bon Iver, We went out with him. We did some dates with the national. We see the nationals. Like, I'm like, that's where I'm, that's my speed. Like what a cool, cool. they're like such cool dude. And they're also kind of jocks, which you don't expect at they're all. They're just like so cool. And they yeah. deliver every night. Oh and- dude. They, my
1: fit, they played SNL. My favorite, um, you know, I only did one year, but 22 of the biggest bands in the world, best performance was The National. Yeah. Because I think they um, took it like it meant a lot to them. I mean, mean?
2: honestly, those guys, they're one of the only bands who like pump me up when I go watch them. I'm like, he just hit his... Freaking mic stand on the ground. Yeah. I love it. You when know, he, like, I'll grab you know, when people. One and, of the
1: dressers is, like, you know, banging his guitar uh, yeah. off the ground just for, like, some sort of, like, sound effect. And I I need my girl. I'm like,
2: what? Yeah. This fucking rocks. And meanwhile, Aaron, and I think Bryce even had a little bit to do with it. Is like, producing the new Taylor Swift record.
1: Yeah. That's the one part where I'm like, guys, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but I mean, like. But there's a whole other muscle to exercise like outside of songwriting and being in your band. like, And that's kind of why I do other things. Is like you, you can't wait around on your band all the time or For else sure. you end up being a resentful asshole saying like, guys, why are we doing this? You know, like yeah. the, the whole stereotypical like cliche thing that you hear that happens in bands. But if you do your own thing, and you're continuing to grow as an individual, then you know. And look what he just did. Like he's like, I get it. Like Taylor's no, you know, I, on top I have of the no world, problem with like,
1: doing that. I just I'm like, I don't need a national Taylor Swift crossover. I know, I hear you. Which yeah. uh, like in my very brief well, in- interactions with both of those yeah. individuals or yeah. the band and that individual, incredibly nice. So I
2: don't know why I'm like nice people shouldn't work together. But I think you're right. Like. With that kind of cred, why? What is the, uh, like, what's your idea or what are you trying to get from yeah, being like, featured and with Taylor Swift? Yeah, like,
1: what I like about the like national How big do you need to be? Yeah, what I like about the Nationals, I'm like, if you like the national, that means you're fucking cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, if you like Taylor Swift, that doesn't necessarily mean you're cool. Like I like Taylor Swift.
2: Don't say that around my household. Those, these, these, <laughs> like, these ladies, the ladies in my household, I, like, I said, it doesn't all taste way. It
1: doesn't necessarily mean you're cool. It could mean you're cool, yeah. but like liking the national means you're cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Liking Taylor Swift doesn't mean you're, you could be cool and like her. Yeah. But it's not a one-to-one. Yeah. Um, so, so you go, you open for those. Yeah, dudes. I remember
2: the day that we, we were touring France and we were, I believe we were, in, I don't know, I think we were in Paris the day that we got the call that we were going to be opening for Radiohead. And I remember it being like this moment of like, because what's so odd about this story is that I drove Jesse and Colby and Jenny and John and maybe Eric, I think at the time, we all went to St. Louis to watch Radiohead. This was like rewind. Right. We're in the nosebleeds, like up in, it's outside festival and like mm-hmm. you can't hear anything. And I just remember like them coming on and American Anthem started playing and it was just like, and I just remember looking at the guys and I was like, but we had just watched the opener who is a highly respected opener. And I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to talk shit. Cause I know some people in that camp, but like the, I was just like, we can do this. And I remember looking at all of them and saying like, we could open. Why aren't we opening for this band? Yeah. Fast forward like six years later and it ended up happening. And I was just like, so that was a moment for me. Like I was just like, is this like some kind of a, I don't know. What's the word for that? Uh, I don't, like, like premonition that I had? Yeah, I guess so, yeah, yeah. And and then uh, it ended up happening in that that was, you know, I remember being there and thinking, like, how do I be present in this and not, like, be thinking about other stuff? I just want to remember this, you know. That's awesome. Instead That's... of, like, you know, because... I didn't think I would ever get another chance. I mean, I guess I'd love to tour with like Nick Cave and Warren Ellis or something. Sure. I mean, but
1: the fact that you're like be present. Like, I wasn't present for like one second the one year I did Saturday Night
2: Live. Yeah, that's what. Well, that was my next question. Was like, or were you? Did you feel present? No,
1: I was. I was scattered and freaking out, and never thought it was cool. I was
2: always like, this sucks. Yeah, I think I was more like like how do I, I know this is is i think i was so afraid of like is this the pinnacle of it all you know like you you're in that moment yeah which you probably had the same thing is like hope i don't fuck this up that's all it was yeah
1: <laughs> i mean there's a there's a wall uh of every cast members everybody been on saturday Night live when i was there it was like 120 at the time you know what i mean yeah and like i would just look at the people i didn't recognize and be like don't be like, don't be that person. So that's where I lived. Instead of being like, this is cool. I was like, don't fuck this up, which, you know, ultimately it fucked it up. But, like, by being so terrified, I think. So I'm
2: stoked that you, like, enjoyed it. Well, I'm not saying I enjoyed I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, trying, but I remember, like, it was hard. It was really hard to savor. It's so hard to savor any moment, well, also- especially when you're trying to, like grow and be your best and then you you you're, like show up and you're just like oh, how do i you're enjoy also op- this opening for like and i'm not a Radiohead
1: dude at all like our mutual friend kelsey air um who uh, sings in local natives was like yeah. hey do you want to go see um tom york at the greek and i'm like ask anybody else they would like that more than me yeah i just don't Like I don't get Radiohead In the way that people Get Radiohead Get Radiohead Yeah yeah. Like Kid A They're like This is the best album Of the two Like since The year 2000 I'm just like I
2: don't know (laughs) I mean it's it's Subjective Uh, I kind of like By the
1: way By Chili Peppers A little (laughs) bit You know what I mean Like (laughs) Absolutely I'm just like I'm sure You're like I'm from Iowa (laughs) Yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure if you
2: know music, you're like, yeah, this is the, one of the best albums of all time. But I'm just like, I, I don't know. A well, some people don't. They don't. And, you know, for me, they don't get it. And it's it's fine. It's not that you don't get it. It's just everybody has preferences. Well, also, I was trying to just ask what it's like to like, because they're playing giant arenas for people who are obsessed with them. Yeah. What's it like opening for that? Great question. So you show up. You totally over order merch. Like we ordered boxes <laughs> of of like we ordered boxes of shirts, and we were just like, you know, you're in an arena, and you're thinking like, we gotta load up, you know, and like yeah. we we um, we end up um, it's
1: it's half and half.
2: Yeah, here. this is it. We're gonna make you know we're only making so and so for this show, but we're gonna make a lot more than that in merch bullshit yeah you sell like two shirts yeah in like you know you're playing 25,000 seat venues and if you're lucky it's half full by the time you go on which but the coolest one that we ever played on that whole tour was Mexico city. Really? 75,000 people at Foro old Sol, the soccer stadium. And we did two nights there. We did Coachella. And in the middle, we had two nights at, uh, two nights in Mexico city. Coolest week of music in my life. That was, that was cool. That's very cool. Yeah. But again, you show up, it's 70, you expect 75,000 people there. It's sold out, but, You know, you're in front of 30,000, which is way more than Mike's College Bar in Stillwater. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I mean, perfect example is like I the first time I saw Pearl Jam so the United Center 2005. Yeah. My Morning Jacket's opening. Um, What a great show. Hold on, man. I had never heard of My Morning Jacket. I'm I'm as a dumb Midwestern. You think they're keeping Pearl Jam off like I'm like, get done, be done. Yeah. I'm here for Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is. Cut to three years later and to this current day, my morning jacket is my favorite band who I've seen many, many times. But like the first time I ever saw them, I'm, you know, 18, dumb, and just want to see Pearl Jam. They are so good. Yeah, they're the best. So like, I'm sure like it's hard to turn, you know, like fans like we're here to see radiohead and like they don't understand radiohead has picked this band for a reason uh maybe you should like them too well
2: yeah so the whole idea with an opening for a band and i don't mean this in like an arrogant way i mean this like it's it's the goal is just to steal as many fans as you can absolutely yeah and the idea is that well maybe we can catch my balls tonight Yeah. I go open for John Oliver
1: and it's like, no one's here for me. My job is to let them know there's a show going on, but you know, there's 4,000 people in this crowd. Yeah. What if I get 200 fans? That's it.
2: Yeah. And then you, but like you said, with the whole internet thing, it's like, um, internet, internet, right. Uh, with the whole social media thing, it's, um, you know, it's important to do these days. For sure. So you guys
1: go, Other Lives is continuing to make stuff, but then now you're doing your own side project. Yeah. Holly Combs. Collie Hobbs. Jesus Christ, I'll never get it right. Holly
2: Combs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the porn star. Holly
1: Hobbs. Yeah. Collie
2: Hobbs is basically the summer, of The a couple of summers before I started working on those jobs, I grew up in, um, I would spend the summers in Colleyville, Texas. Can people like, catch that anywhere so yeah so i'm gonna do um i'm gonna start doing a uh, a music night where i host this thing at bar Covell. well we were talking about doing a music comedy yeah yeah, night. yeah. i think we should yeah but I, I i'm gonna do it every third thursday in the sidebar mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna kind of like i want like guys like you or people that we know to come out and do kind of a, I don't want to call it a variety show, but right. more like just drink good wine and because I love wine and yeah,
1: you know more about wine than anybody. know, <laughs> includes Carl Hess.
2: <laughs> Carl's great though. Yeah. But wine and then, uh, and just come out and listen and like, like my favorite songwriter, I do a ton of co-writes. I've met so many incredible songwriters in this town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so have like, you know, two or three uh, musicians, you know, a comic or two, um, whatever it is, but just whatever kind of uh, inspiration sort of, you know.
1: And here's how good of friends we are. We've been talking about putting this show together for a year.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're always like, what are you doing? Yeah. it's like, let's get a drink. When are you going to be around? Let's
1: get a drink and let's talk about how we get that show going. And then it just turns into drinks and we're like,
2: Oh uh, yeah, I forgot to talk about the show. Well, but we're we're, we're always working on things and it's yeah. like I think we realize that it's like when it happens it'll be a blast and yeah. it'll be fun. Um but I think I think what I've found in the ever-changing uh, landscape of of the music industry is that um you know, it's important to post and do all those things, but like, you know, releasing music isn't um, it doesn't have to be as sort of structured as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people want to connect in a live format and I'm a big, I don't know. I'm a big fan of that. So we're going to start doing that. Yeah. Um, Records should drop in the spring. Sometime. I mean, I'll definitely promote it. I'll have you back on to like do a guest
1: intro, but I'll also promote it. Um, yeah. It's super fun. I mean, and like, I, I've known you for the last like three years. It's been very fun. I remember Barcovelle where we met like is where I found out uh,
2: I had when we sold Wheeland Motors. We threw yeah. a big party there. Yeah. And that's where I met you. And then I was like, I want those friends. Well, I like, think you I'd, had all your friends ragging out. I was like, I want to be in that group. I I'd met <laughs> you before reading. And yeah. then we
1: dropped because I sold a network television show. Just like
2: 2,000 times Yeah, you guys were sitting outside Yeah it was... And I remember thinking like I was like We're gonna be friends Yeah <laughs> And I literally went home to Paloma uh, And I was like I think I just met my new friend <laughs> And she was just like You made a friend? And I was like, yeah, I think so Yeah, it was very fun And then
1: cut to two years later I'm at Bar when I find out After two years of development uh, The show's not going uh, you weren't there that night, but I just I so well I, we hung out like two nights after, remember? right? But I, you did stand I, up, and yeah. Then, but I just remember crying, like Barcoval is so like, hey, the show's going, and then yeah. two years later, like cried inside of it, just being like,
2: fuck. I was, I I remember you doing your stand up that night at Hollywood Improv, and we came and you crushed. And as usual, and then we, we left and I was just like, so how's the show? And you're like, uh, (laughs) and I was like, Oh, shit!" (laughs) I'm like thinking we're having this conversation in the corner of wherever we were like oh this is such a larger conversation (laughs) and then you were just like because i remember the build-up because we went to vegas and i remember all those things and i remember thinking like well
1: because we went to vegas like the day after we turned it into fox like we flew to vegas like the next day and i was like it's
2: it's a done deal josh and we're just like i have those photos and they're great yeah we had a blast
1: yes uh But I am just excited to continue this friendship. and um, me too, man. It's so interesting hearing about all this stuff. So any other, like, last, like, crazy um, opening for, you know, 75,000 people stories? Um,
2: man, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's all right. We can always just, I just have you back on and do like a guest intro. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely stories. I just have to kind of think like, okay. Like what, you know, <laughs> what's okay to say, what are some stories to bring to the table like today? I don't, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just speaking on pillars of time. You know? Right. No, of course. Then I man. remember.
1: Well, Josh here, uh, like w- literally one of my best friends and yeah. it's so nice Same. to like make a new best friend like at 36. I don't know if that's old or not. <laughs> it's a very confusing age. Um, but, uh, but I know that you're like. And also, you know what? Hey, can I, like, rip a song from Other Lives and play it after this episode? Yeah, for sure. Okay, you want. so we're going to go straight into an Other Lives song after this so you guys can hear. Um, and then go check out all their music. Um, uh, but you know, as a fan of this podcast, who came over here clearly knowing it was yeah. about previous jobs. Yeah, <laughs> and then I did. Being, and then being like, wait, you have a podcast? <laughs> you know, because you listen every week,
2: um, that I always have the guest take us out of the episode yeah so uh thanks for having us over me thanks for having me over and uh you're my best friend too we had some wine during (laughs) this